to give our um, podcast a bit of atmosphere, I think we should play this in the background. <laughs> Just while we're talking and stuff, um, just to give you. A, I don't know, because we don't really have background music, do we? No, maybe there's a reason for that, though. I don't know what that reason would be. <laughs> And welcome to the Game Central podcast number 26. It is our six-month anniversary today, but unfortunately we're missing one very vital guest who didn't even turn up to his own party. That, of course, is Guy Whitlock. But we lose one cunt and we gain a clock. (laughs) (laughs) Don, how are you feeling, Don? Uh, Pretty cocky. Thanks very much. Uh, Hi, good evening. Good Good to be here. (laughs) And uh, someone who never lets me down. Uh, a bit like head and shoulders. What is that it? No. What's the one? It, what's the slogan of the shampoo that says it never lets you down? There's no shampoo. That no, it's not. Gareth <laughs> Williams, because he's worth it, and he's here today with us as usual. Gareth, how are you doing? I'm feeling pretty good, thank you. A bit annoyed at Guy for ruining <laughs> think, the uh, the plans of the six month anniversary. I think we all are, Gareth. You know. He seems to think that he can just go around and he's on a radio production course today. But podcasts are a new radio. Radio's dead. And, you know, it's uh, one thing that guys should really know about um, radio production is that you turn up when you're supposed to actually do something along the lines of radio. So maybe he hasn't actually learned that yet. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that is quite important to do, isn't it? Uh, to the, turn up. The plans we had, though, man. Such elaborate plans for the oh. six-month anniversary. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to put them to one side for this week yeah. um, because of guy's selfishness um, it, like Don said he's, he's, he's got uh, a new friends out there now that are, are guiding him to the wrong direction it's the wrong crowd um, <laughs> you know there is the wrong crowd I fell in with them when I was younger Gareth uh, no I've always been a responsible adult always even when you were five yep even, <laughs> even as I was coming out of my mum's vagina wow I- yeah. When you were when you were sixteen, <laughs> oh, <no>. just with <laughs> Rob. <laughs> oh, tired Rob is an unfiltered Rob. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, sorry about that, Gareth, to uh, accuse you of incest. It's all right. I've been accused of worse. Wow! Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Right, so I wanted, I wanted to uh, start the podcast by saying to someone, um, let's call him Doctor. Uh, Dr. Edis. Uh, Edis, I saw your video on YouTube um, asking where I went and you listened to this podcast and I know that. Um, I felt like I needed a change. I needed to other things. I, I, said, I know I said that I'd stay until you reach year 11 and we'd see it through. But due to unforced circumstances, unforeseen circumstances, unfortunately I had to leave. But I'm working in a new school now. Everything's going brilliant. And I just want you to know that everything's okay and you don't need to worry about anything anymore. Um, Gareth, have you got any messages for school children? I thought he was a doctor. He's kind of a doctor. He's, he's working towards <laughs> becoming a doctor. <laughs> um, no, I think me and school children, uh, <laughs> we, we're on the same level. We know what's going on. 
Excellent. Fun. What about you? Have you got any uh, like sort of messages, or have you passed them all through the school gate earlier on today? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you like to uh, spend your mornings? I that yes, but no. Pretty just stay in school, kids. Just, <laughs> That's just the main message. Stay, stay in school. No. Basically, it's safer in there because. <laughs> the rest of us are outside. So yeah. <laughs> That's what the gates are. There's a lot of uh, kind of gates and security uh, been added to schools the last few years, haven't they, Don? Mm-hmm. Which makes it a lot okay. harder. But when I was younger, my school, you could literally just walk in. Um, it weren't like it was open plan or anything, or that I, I my school was in a shed. It was just a lot more innocent times back then, wasn't there? There was no paedophiles. There was no... Um, <laughs> and even if there was like Rolf Harris and Gary Glitter I know I go on about them every week but they were very much kept under the cover so no one uh, no one. let's just get off this subject yeah because uh, we're going to hear to talk about games and games is what we talk about very much you guys love talking about films are there any films out recently Transformers yeah garbage <laughs> garbage uh, I've not seen Transformers but there's a uh, a film Come out recently called Snowpiercer, which is mm. quite an interesting sci-fi film starring uh, Chris Evans. How would you uh, pierce snow? With a massive, massive train, apparently. <laughs> what? It's <laughs> a film. I think it's. He's a Korean. I think it's a Korean director, and he made a kind of an indie sci-fi film starring Captain America and Jamie Bell and whoever the guy is who played the old Doctor Who recently. So you've got oh, Captain America, Doctor Who, and Billy Elliot. Yeah, and they're all on a massive train going <laughs> wow. through the snow. So wow. watch Snowpiercer, because it's actually yeah. awesome. It already sounds better than Transformers 4. There you go. Yep. So Snowpiercer is the new Transformers. But enough about games. <laughs> no, enough about films. And on to games. Um, <clears throat> coming up, we've got what we've been playing. In the middle section, it is purely vacant, but I'm sure we're going to come up with something pretty soon, <laughs> aren't we, Gareth? We always do. We always do. But first, it's on to the news. So, the news on Wednesday, the 9th of July a primary school teacher has been caught tickling and sniffing pupils' feet. Uh, a primary school teacher. <laughs> has admitted sniffing and tickling pupils' feet. Martin Airy, 51, of Blackburn, Lancashire, pleaded guilty to eight counts of sexual activity with a child under 13. I don't think that's sexual. (laughs) Is that sexual? (laughs) He would get pupils to pick a card from a deck, and depending on which card was chosen, he would sniff or tickle their feet. Amazing. (laughs) Mate. Wow, that's a very particular thing you like to do. Uh, you know, that, that falls into fetish, doesn't it, really? That does. Yeah. And, you know, bless his heart, but I don't think he'll be able to get a job in a school anytime soon. Uh, probably, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, become a doctor. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's with adults and it's not as bad. But Gareth, what is the first news story? Well, sorry, second, that was the first news story. Oh, God. Anyway. Gareth, are you having flashbacks? No. (laughs) Let me sniff your air, kid. (laughs) Feet are tingling. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Right, okay. I've got quite a lot of news stories. Some good, some a bit boring, but we'll get through them all. Uh, Anyone else hear that sound going? 
Nope. Yeah, you just made it. Um. <laughs> so it's not coming through for you guys, it's just me? It's just you. Not to a problem level. Okay. Well, let me know when it comes to a problem level. Right. <laughs> um, Gears of War, the Coltrane actor, Lester Spate, hints that he's involved in the new sequel. Wow. And Cliffy B coming back, is that a coincidence? Well, the Cliffy B's not involved with the new How Gears of War. How do you know, Gareth? Because he started his own company and Microsoft bought the rights to Gears of War from Epic. Mm, I still don't believe it. <laughs> it could okay. All be just a smoke screen. Well, you don't believe those facts I told you just now. And no. uh, we'll agree to disagree. Thank you. I suppose. Uh, somebody said to him on Twitter, Have you gotten a call about a new Gears? And he replied, Yup. So that's that's your new story on that. Well, it's got a call about the new Gears of War. Hopefully, like we had with Damon Baird, we will get a spin-off um, looking into the great character development of Coltrane. People like Coltrane, right? Yeah. I found his <laughs> character to be absolutely fantastic. He's cool. He had that bit in Gears of War 3 where he played American football with a bomb. Yeah. That happened, and we all let it happen. Well, we didn't have a choice. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, some hackers hacked Mario Kart 8. Good. Probably Gar- uh, Guy. Probably. He loves to hack games and cheat. It's the only way he wins. That is yeah. true. Uh, they changed some fonts, swapped some music around. That's pretty hardcore. That is. That is a <laughs> Nintendo hacker, isn't it? <laughs> let's, yeah. let's switch some music around. <laughs> I maybe change the font. Oh, it's so dangerous. <laughs> they sort of they came out and said, uh, "We only did it to show that we can do it. We don't want to ruin the game." That's nice of them, isn't it? Yeah, but they could if they wanted to. Oh yeah, if they wanted to, they could completely destroy all of Mario Kart Eight, <coughs> which but, is you know, disgusting. It's the equivalent of somebody pissing next to you in a urinal and sort yeah. of gesturing that you should look at their penis. Because they think they have a big penis. Is that what happens, Carol? I mean, even if I thought I had a big penis, I still wouldn't gesture to someone to look at it. Well, that's what I'm saying. You wouldn't. But there's some people out there who are just like, look how big our penis is. Our penis? Well, it's like a hacker group, Would it be a Siamese twin? Maybe. Look how big our penis is, mate. Right. So anyway, What's the accent? You know where Rory's from? What? Anyway... I always used to have a problem with using urinals and stuff, okay? Um, I went to uh, uh-huh. Sonosphere last weekend uh, to see Limp Bizkit and Prodigy. I, um, there was a big queue for the toilet, and I don't like to use those portal loos anyway. And then I noticed all the men just urinating up against the wall, mm-hmm. uh, the fencing. And I was like, I'm going to go and do that. And I did it, and it was a very liberating experience. I liked it. And there was girls doing it as well. What? Yeah, girls were just squatting down and doing it. But uh, just uh, just number ones, right? Yeah, just not number twos. That'd be women don't do that anyway. Do they not? No, they just secrete a pellet from their nostril. <laughs> what? It's literally that cut and paste. Well, that is fascinating. The things I've learned doing this podcast. Thank you very much. You would think but- it's six months in, there will be nothing new. No, but we, we, we uncover the natural world of humans every week, don't we? 
Whether we want to or not, yes. Whether we want to or not. And uh, it was a great festival together, Gareth. Um, Fred Durst, an actual showman. Uh-huh. Uh, really good. Bam Majera from Jackass has got his own band. Has he? Yeah. Went to see him just because it was Bam Majera, and it, it was awful. I was expecting him to be a showman, jumping around, being crazy. Yeah. But he literally just stood there singing terrible songs. Did he? Did they not play the Jackass intro music? No. What? I know. He didn't make the most of it. I don't think he really wanted to be there. That'd be awesome. They've missed a trick there. Yeah, but that's probably copyrighted to Johnny Knoxville, isn't it? Probably. I saw him. I think today that Johnny Knoxville is uh, the result of heavy inbreeding. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Just factually, like, a lot of his family... Anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, how was, uh, how was uh, Limp Biscuit and all that stuff? Was it Limp good? Limp Biscuit was, No one knows what it's like to be the bad man. No, they were really good. They could have fit in a two more songs or so but uh, overall they were very good it's the fact that he just kept dragging out the songs like the bridge of the songs mm. just kept it going and going are you ready and then he'd come and walk around the crowd and just talk to people and it was like you're supposed to be doing a concert mate <laughs> uh, Prodigy were very good but they were a bit loud uh, <laughs> no literally really loud you're you too old <laughs> No, 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 no. If you were to turn your head to the speakers so your ear was facing it, you felt your eardrums just vibrating. I think my problem was, because I've been such a scared boy and haven't really gone to music concerts, I haven't given my ears a chance to get damaged. Mm-hmm. So like when people drink alcohol a lot, they don't get drunk easily. Mine's the same. My ears are pure because they haven't really been above a certain decibel. So everyone's just dancing and going mental and you look around, and I swear people were on those drugs as well, Gareth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just all look off their faces. You've got uh, those uh, untouched ear hymens. I have, yeah. I mean, my um, my eardrums have not been perforated. <coughs> Any thoughts, Don? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Rob's virgin ears. Um... Don used to go to um, big sort of underground metal raves, didn't you, Gareth? Guy. Mum! <laughs> uh, yeah, I did actually. When I used to be live but up in Manchester, I used to go to all yeah. the rock clubs quite a lot. Saw the Prodigy live a couple of times as well. <clears throat> they are they're quite really, loud. They're loud, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Although they were still doing all their rabby stuff back when I went and saw them back in like the mid nineties. Like, Turn it down! But I don't think they heard me. <laughs> Probably so, not. No. It wasn't. Yeah, so and, and news today, uh, there's been a news article published saying that games are addictive as heroin. Hmm. Now, you know, I, well, I I think this is true, Don. Well, I hope so, because it means we could technically just encourage heroin users to move over to games, which would do them far less uh, physical damage. So Gamers to move over to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm sure my girlfriend would prefer me to do heroin because at least I'd spend more time with her that way as a shaking, sweating wreck in her arms. <laughs> Pleading for her to get me another fix because my gut aches and I've got cramps. Yes, Gareth? 
You ever tried heroin? No, I've not tried heroin. <laughs> so none of us can really go on about whether it's addictive or not. But I presume it is addictive because there has been quite a few testimonies. I've heard <laughs> that it's addictive. It's yeah, like Pringles. It's very Moorish. Yeah, 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 like a like salted pretzels at a, a buffet. Exactly. Yeah. Every um, time you walk past the buffet, you're like just get another handful of them pretzels. <coughs> I don't. I don't really need another one, but I'm going to have one anyway. It's, you don't it's... know the amount of germs that go into that buffet food where people just <laughs> put their hands into it. I I, I don't care. No. <laughs> there, 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 there could be some feces in there, and I just eat around it. I think. Go on, go. <laughs> to get to the feces. It's <laughs> <laughs> the the dark brown Rolls Royce part. Oh yes, the creamy middle. But enough of that. I actually do genuinely think games are addictive. But we just don't notice because we've been playing them for so long. Well, anything can be addictive to the right personality. But have you ever had a game up on your shelf that's not that great, but you think to yourself, oh, I've got to fucking complete that? Yeah, but then I've sat there and not completed it. (laughs) I've sat there and gone, oh, can't be bothered. Yeah, but you still do it because it's like an impulse that is there. You need to play it. You know, I don't yeah. have to anything else. Yeah, uh, but once you've completed the game, that's it, though. You don't keep repetitively playing it over and over and no, over. No, no, you don't. But you go on to the next thing or the next yeah. one. Well, that's not a that's not a heroin thing, either. <clears throat> like, heroin is just you want more and more and more, and then you get withdrawal symptoms. Whereas, well, like, you require what, more as well. Yeah, whereas, like, you, obviously, you collect, like, loads of figures and loads of game memorabilia and stuff, so you just want things to be a complete set. Yes. So if you see a game that you know you've not completed, you'll be like, well, I have to complete that. Cause... Yeah, but, that, but also when you're out and about, don't you think, oh, I want to get home and play that? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, it's like you with uh, Thingy, <clears throat> League of Legends, where you're still bronze, but you're still carrying on. <laughs> it's still bronze. Yeah. Well, the only way I get out of bronze is if I play it every single day yeah. and think about it quite a lot of the time. Yeah, and that's it. And you know, <laughs> I, I've actually withdrawn myself from games. It's like when I went uh, uh, stayed with my mum for a week, I didn't play any games. And by the end of it, I'd forgotten pretty much about games. It wasn't on my mind. <clears throat> but I think it is, because we have been gaming from a very, very, very young age. You know, I started when I was like nine. And I've played games pretty much every day since then. And that's what you've got to imagine. Hmm. It's yeah, the fact if, you can, that... if you can stop for a week, like when you're at your mum's, then that's not an addiction. Yeah, but yeah. I was shaking on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some Halo, mum. Give me some Halo. Just go a go bit out of and hell. From game. Yeah. Go to game and get me a fix. Just go to the charity shop, buy whatever PS2 <laughs> game's there, and I'll rub it on myself. <laughs> I've got a pound. What have you got? No, Rumble but... Roses, good enough. <laughs> you always go on about Rumble Roses, Gareth. Oh, I have gone on about it before, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. It's because that's the well, only time I've ever heard a, a game employee talk back to the customer in a useful way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do think there is some sense behind games being an addictive, <coughs> an addictive thing. My so... my my Manchester United squad on FIFA. I'm actually worried about those guys. <laughs> right. I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried about the development of one of the guys that I've sent on loan to Cholton because they're not playing him. 
<laughs> I'm worried for him. Can you not message the Charlton manager and be like, listen, you know, he needs, he needs his meals due in a certain way. I can tell you about it. You just get someone to do this for him. I'm yeah. Have to, yeah. Yeah. Are you essentially treating FIFA like Tamagotchis? Yeah, pretty you much. You have to look after them and feed them. I used to love Tamagotchis. <laughs> you used to have two, didn't you, Gareth? Um, Tamagotchis were a bit, you know, a bit posh. So... <laughs> I bet you had one of the <laughs> fake knockoff ones. Yeah, that. my mum would be like, be down the market and see fake Tamagotchis for a pound. And would be like, here you go. And he'd be like, there's only one button. There's... Yeah. All I can do is feed it and clean up its poo after it's pooed. This isn't... Yeah, this Fun. isn't what I wanted. But I got one eventually. Yeah. It died. That's That was fun. I think it's it's all about death, isn't it? Like One of my friends had one that lasted for quite a while. And then he came in when it died, finally. And it was quite a devastating moment for him. Because he did genuinely love it. Hmm. I, I knew somebody once. He was American. Oh. He held like a record for a good Tamagotchi. Yeah. I remember his name was Ricky, but I don't remember his last name. So ah. this was a pretty useless thing I just said. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. Don, do you still have the um, the Tamagotchi that you've bred throughout your life? Uh, no, my only experience with Tamagotchis was uh, with my girlfriend at university. Shortly hey. after. We... <laughs> <laughs> yeah effectively it was a kind of did you feed way. her and clean up her poo <laughs> oh yeah she was at the same that. time <laughs> no she after about three days of us going out she kind of produced this tamagotchi and uh oh god and i was like i'm like that's not mine how have you still why are you still so i basically got annoyed with her having it for three days i say annoyed i was only joking but i picked it up and just threw it down the corridor of the halls we were living oh you horrible and, man uh, well, it, I, I was only jokingly threw it down the corridor, but it curved perfectly into the toilet and down the toilet, um, which was a brilliant throw on my behalf. Um, and uh, but it killed her Tamagotchi uh, dead. You, you killed her Tamagotchi and turned to her and went, "Did you see that throw?" That <laughs> Basically, that was yeah. <laughs> Other people were in the corridor and went, "That was brilliant." And I thought, "Hey, excellent!" I didn't even look. No. One of my finer moments <laughs> as a, as a boyfriend. It's great. That's Did like doing it again. That's like an explosion where you're just walking away from it. Like you don't turn around. Exactly what it was. I bet he was the coolest guy around campus that day. It, it was talked about for some time down the student union. I can imagine. Probably still re- is now to this day. I would hope so. There was a poster at one point. I hope it's still there. And now there's a golden statue outside. Throwing a Tamagotchi from his arm. <laughs> but yeah, Tamagotchi's never really uh, progressed anymore, did they, Gareth? Well, they turn into like monster things where you could fight people. Yeah, those block things. Yeah, <laughs> they were very good. Um, well, they were they were all right. Microsoft offers random Xbox One discounts to Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty owners. Ooh, that's nice. Yep. Do, you know, do you know how you qualify for that, Gareth? <clears throat> how do you qualify for that? You've got to be a very one of the very best customers, and that means how long you've been on Xbox Live for. <laughs> they just offer them a discount. Yeah, 40 yeah. quid. Is that it? 40 whole of your English pounds. Yep. It's not mm. bad, Gareth. But he's still not going to get one. <laughs> well, no, 40 quid's not actually that much, really. And they've got to offer it to you as well. Basically, the people who've spent the most money on Xbox Live over the past seven or eight years are being offered some free money. Huh. 
yeah, that's basically what that is. I guess it's better than nothing, but... It's better, yeah, better than nothing, but uh, 40 quid is... The console's so expensive still that, I don't know, if you could spare 40 quid, then uh, 40 quid wouldn't much of a difference to you, I don't think. No. <clears throat> it's the cost of a game, basically. Yeah, they should have just given them away. Like, at this point, <laughs> what is got it enough you, like, When we spoke to the guy um, that ran the game shop, you mm-hmm. said that if someone brought in a game... <laughs> That they had purposefully broke, you would then give them a brand new PlayStation. No, I, I was saying he should say that to big up his shop. He shouldn't actually do that. That would be insane. Oh, what? So when someone comes in and says, "Mate, I heard that you give away free PS3s," and then he goes, "No, that's just to get me publicity." Yeah, what's wrong with that? That's the wrong kind of publicity. Yeah. <laughs> All publicity is good publicity. Especially yeah. if it encourages right. thousands of people to trample into your shop demanding free game consoles. Yeah, Gareth. <clears throat> well, you know, that's thousands of people in your shop. What's, <laughs> what's the downside? <laughs> I could see no problem with that whatsoever. I'd be quite angry would be the exactly. downside. <laughs> if we had a thousand people tune into this podcast and then I got emails like, you know, oh, I thought listening to this podcast would cure me of baldness. Yeah. Then I'd just be like, nope. But thanks for giving us a shit ton of downloads. Gareth, you, you don't know the way to... Yeah. Alien Isolation <laughs> has best ever bonus pre-order. <clears throat> Sigourney Weaver and cast in special movie missions. Now you can play the classic 1979 uh, levels from that absolutely beautiful sci-fi masterpiece. Um, Gareth... Mm-hmm. That's got to make you feel like you want to get that game, surely. Nope. You're not interested in Alien Isolation? Well, first of all, it's a scary game, and I'm a pussy, so I wouldn't be able to yeah. play it anyway. But it's just the most just awful way they could possibly have done this. Okay. Because it's DLC. Okay, it, yeah. It's, it's awesome DLC, but it's day one DLC. Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, Don was going on earlier about how he thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I love the pre-order only DLC. It's one okay. of my favourite things. Um, yep. no, well, actually, what the, what this actually is, it's two <coughs> levels, um, one of which I think anyone can actually get hold of. It's just if you pre-order it, you automatically get bumped up to what's called the Nostromo edition, which I think is also going to be available um, uh, in you know, on disc as a special edition, which you can just buy normally on day one, mm-hmm. um, which includes one of the two missions. Um, but then the the second mission uh, is only available if you pre-order, so there's no other way to get hold of it, which I think sucks. Because it basically it's saying, you know, if you stump up full price ahead of time right now, you're going to get some content that no one else is going to get, which means that only people who can afford to buy stuff brand new for full price ahead yeah. of time uh, are ever going to get to play this bit of stuff. And well, if they can afford it anyway, then it's it just sucks, I think. That stuff always comes out later anyway, whether it's like six months' time or whatever. <clears throat> well, I'd hope so, but I don't know. It, it just it still seems a bit shitty, to be honest. I just think it's badly timed most of the downloadable content because I've normally completed and traded a game in. Yeah, for well. Like Dead Rising 3, love the game, but I'm not going to keep it for six months whilst I wait for the downloadable content to come along. So, you know, I think it's good to have that downloadable content to extend the game, but I think either it's normally too early or it's just way too late. Mm -hmm. So they've got to find that good balance of about 
a month to two months after release because yeah. you know I, I, some of the content coming out now are from games that I completed and have been done with for about six months mm. so it's like you're eating your roast dinner yeah. on a Sunday and then you notice something's missing and then six months down the line someone comes along and says oh here's that chicken that was missing from your plate <laughs> there you go you can eat it now and you're like, oh, well, I'd rather not because uh, I'd rather have had it during when I was eating the whole meal all together. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, but this this isn't that, though. This is, you know, day one. You have yeah. your chicken. But then you have another piece of chicken on top of that chicken. Or is it, Gareth? Uh-huh. We're, sorry, Don, we're thinking of an analogy here. <laughs> is it like you get half a chicken breast? Okay. Okay, and then you get your vegetables and stuff. And then someone comes over and says, hey, you can have this other half of the chicken breast. But you say, hang on, wasn't I supposed to just get the whole chicken breast anyway? And they said, no, we took that out. Is that the right one? No. Here's what it's like. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's like you ring up a restaurant and you say, so me and my girlfriend are coming here in about six months and and I would like a roast dinner. And they say, okay, six months time, we got you in, roast dinner. You get there, and they put down in front of you the nicest, juiciest steak you've ever seen. Truffle potatoes, just incredible spread. And then she ordered also a roast dinner, but because she ordered it when she sat down, she gets just like one slice of chicken, a roast potato, and some carrots. That's probably what you do to your girlfriend anyway. You order like the most grandest thing on the menu, and then you make her eat like... I don't know, a starter or something while you sit there in a massive chair with your hair tied back and just eating it like Henry VIII and then looking down on her. Is that what I'm a hungry I'm a hungry guy, you know. You are. Uh, I'm gonna so think of you with Henry VIII from now on. That would be fantastic. (laughs) With his robe. Oh man. How did your Big Mac go today, Gareth? Uh not ideal. Oh, what happened? It was one of them Big Macs where you can tell just by looking at it, it's going to fall apart after like two or three bites. Oh dear. Like my first bite into it, the second burger almost slid all the way out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it was two quid, so who cares? Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) And how about Sainsbury's? Did you get everything you needed? Yep. Yeah? Don't know why we need to go into my my, uh, Wednesday afternoon schedule right now but can I tell you something about Sainsbury's and go on into anyone <laughs> mm-hmm. right I bought vegetarian sausages online because I'm vegetarian um, yeah I'm vegetarian okay and do you uh, mean your girlfriend's vegetarian so by default you're now vegetarian no 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 I am actually full-blooded vegetarian because I don't I get scared about things irrationally <laughs> and when there was like all that meat problem you know the meat problem when they said that cows were going crazy and there was horses ending up jumping in sausage plant machines and stuff like that. Those things were about 10 years apart, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but my mum, I think my mum instilled these kind of anxieties onto me because as soon as the BSC thing started, we weren't allowed beef for many years. And obviously I started thinking about horses and thinking about what is actually in this thing in front of me that I'm eating. I don't know. It could be someone's arsehole, for all I know. And that's probably what was in hot dogs and stuff. So anyway, online, I clicked it, vegetarian sausages. So they turn up, and uh, home delivery. 
And if they haven't got the item that you want, they'll replace it with something similar. Oh. So he says, oh, we didn't have your vegetarian sausages, uh, the corn ones, but we have got these Richmond sausages. Uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> I was like, brilliant. Uh, I think you actually get the concept of vegetarianism. Yeah, that, like, okay. that's like, uh, I ordered, we know you ordered this gluten-free bread, but uh, we gave you this double gluten bread instead? <laughs> no, just this piece of gluten. <laughs> <laughs> just to try and eat it try and do what the best you can and he's shoving yeah. it in your face right there at the door <laughs> eat it go on go on then and you're it's like da, Whoa. it's das gluten <laughs> if he's German <laughs> you never know oh man Tom what has been your favourite news story this week um, that uh, there's more Zelda coming to 3DS more uh, more more, more Zelda, oh. and it looks like it might be uh, Majora's Mask. <gasps> dun, wow, Gareth's favourite, wasn't it? Oh my god! And I still haven't played Majora's Mask, which is a stupid travesty. Well, now you get your opportunity. Oh, I can play it again, again, oh, again for the first time on a tiny screen. <laughs> on a teeny tiny screen. Except I won't, because once they put it on the Wii U Virtual Console, because I don't have a Wii U, I will buy it and play it on there. Why don't? Why what? When did you get it? What, Wii U? Yeah. Uh, about three weeks ago, something like that. Very oh, recently. T- tell us what your uh, views are on it. Uh, I really, really, really like it. Because I've got Mario Kart 8, which is awesome. Uh, I'm picking yeah. in three. And uh, I've, no, I've been really loving it. Yeah. We can go more into that, I guess, when we go through what you've been playing. Cause... No, we. You can't tell us what you've been doing what I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you, your pedanticisms aside, what we've been playing. Yeah, what we've been playing. We'll cover it in that, no, no doubt. But yeah. yeah, we will. That professionalism, though. <laughs> you wouldn't get that from Guy. Not even close. No, guy wouldn't even... He'd have been that. playing FIFA 14 again. So. Yeah, he'd have, that's probably what he's doing right now. <laughs> probably. Bless his little heart. So, Sorry, Gareth. Sorry, what was you about to say? I was going to say, uh, are we going to talk about uh, Cliff Blazinski's new studio? Because we touched upon it earlier. And he's he's going to be releasing a game called Shooter Blood or something. What is it, Gareth? <laughs> That's not quite it. Well, it's something along those lines. Uh, he made a new studio called Boss Key. Mm-hmm. And they announced their first game is going to be called Blue Streak. That's it. Wasn't there a film called Blue Streak with uh, that Martin guy? Lawrence? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it based on that? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I think he said it's going to be more in the vein of like um, Unreal Tournament or something like that. Stick with what you know, Cliff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all sounds very interesting. It's all in the very early stages right now, though. Look, the company was only. Uh, created like I think it was only a few days ago so you know it's only uh, the early stages but well very early if he's just created a company yeah yeah it's all just weird though coming in at the exact same time as they're making a new Unreal Tournament <laughs> yeah so head to head against each other there you go I yeah. really don't care though because no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into like Unreal Tournament or any of that Quake or you know they've all had their day Doom, Quake Unreal Tournament I don't know if you're a fan of them Don uh, I, I wasn't the only thing I got interested <coughs> for a while was uh, the free Quake Arena um, kind of browser 
uh, game that they brought out a few years ago because you can just play it on a really low-end laptop and it runs yeah. really well. Um, and it's all free and you just have online tournaments. And I got pretty good at it after playing it non-stop for about six weeks. There you um, go. I actually started winning some games, which was amazing. Did uh, you <laughs> learn the maps and camp out very easy to win spots? Yeah. No, I learned one map um, and started learning how to properly rocket jump and stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, you can't really camp because it's so fast paced. You, you can't camp in that game. It's just, oh. it's ridiculously fast. So that's um, why I wouldn't play it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you couldn't exploit it. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Cool. News. News. <laughs> I've got more news. We can keep going. Might as well if we've not got a middle section. No, no, yeah. we got to keep. We got to pretend that we have. Okay. Right. <clears throat> okay. Ken Levine has revealed what a Vita version of Bioshock would have been. Oh, thanks, Ken. And it would have been an isometric turn-based game like Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. So no. Um. Yeah. I'm glad that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Is that all right, Ken? Thanks. You didn't really come up with that, mate. Yeah. Now he isn't involved in Bioshock anymore he's just like telling us all the terrible game he would have made so. well he, he should have just lied and said I would have I uh, was in the process of making one of the best games you've ever seen it was kind of like Bioshock Infinite but ten times better uh, <laughs> it had graphics that were on a par with the Playstation 5 because no one's ever going to be able to prove him wrong so he could have just come <laughs> up with anything well except he's saying it was on the Vita so nobody would have believed it'd be good <laughs> Mate, I love the Vita. Don't talk about it like that behind its back. Oh, the Vita is V terrible. <coughs> That's good. It's a good piece of kit, actually. It I, is. Like I like it. Oh, like what's it. with all this sensible talk coming from Don? I'm not used to it. <laughs> no, but it is good. The, f- the only problem is no one's releasing anything on it, yeah. which is a big, big problem, I understand. <laughs> but if Sony would have done it right, then... It it was uh, it's got so much potential. It still has. Yeah, I mean they they've pretty much said that you know first party support for like all the big games are just not happening. It's going to be an indie machine from now on, pretty much. Yeah. I think they're also going to use it, obviously the offline play and the cross play, whatever they call it, on PlayStation for the PS4. There's yeah. going to be more focus on using it for that. Um, but as a piece of kit itself, it's really nice. It's, yeah, it's just it does such a shame. lot of stuff. Um, it's a little tiny bit heavy for my liking. Because um, yeah. especially when you've got to do a lot of touchscreen stuff, so you're holding it with one hand and it gets a bit heavy and all that. But the um, thing is, Don, but apart from it's, that. this is what everyone was going on about for years. Oh, I'd love to have console quality gaming on the go. Yeah. I'd love to be able to have that. Finally, we're giving it, and people were just like, oh. It's like we're finally getting to photorealistic graphics. But the closer we're getting, the more we seem to be going for those kind of prehistoric looking games if you know what I mean yeah the kind of games that Gareth it's it's strange as people (laughs) we kind of look towards something and we pander for it and we just excruciatingly try to get there and then suddenly when we're on the cusp of doing it we revert back again and we start playing games like Rust is it called Rust? you know that game where you're just dropped into the middle of nowhere with absolutely no indication of what you're doing Daisy yeah those games yeah, and that's we're kind of going that way now, and we're yeah. like, oh, we don't want photorealistic graphics anymore. We're getting too close to that. We don't want console portable gaming on the go. We want a game where we can just do whatever we want. And when that's perfected, 
we'll just run onto something else. So we don't want that anymore. <laughs> we want games that are made that look like they're on the Amiga. And then we'll yeah. go back to that, and then we'll start wanting photorealistic graphics again. So it's very hard <laughs> as a developer to kind of predict the market of where you're going to end up if you start publish, uh, developing now to two years down the line. Yeah, I think maybe with the portable gaming like that, people are kind of asking for things that they thought they wanted. Yeah. Um, you don't really want to be having, you know, you can't, it's a portable system, so it's going to be used, you know, on the bus and for short journeys and for you know, <coughs> when, you're, when you're on your lunch break and all the rest of it. It's not going to be there for, you know, eight-hour stints like you do with no. your consoles in front of your telly. Wouldn't it be um, amazing to play Call of Duty online on the bus? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't, know. So <laughs> we don't want it, thanks. It and people have realised that yeah, exactly. don't it, want them. You know, The indie titles, things like Tearaway, um, perfectly done for that. Um, stuff yeah. like that. All, all the you know all the indie stuff. Things like Limbo would be perfect on that. In fact, that's on there now. So all those sorts of things are perfect for that sort of thing. But you don't necessarily need a hugely powerful console for those kinds no, of games, though, either. Speaking of games that are coming out on the Vita series, oh, Gareth. Uh, <laughs> Rogue Legacy has been announced to have a release date of July 30th on PS3, PS4, and PlayStation Vita. Wow. wow. So if you've not played Rogue Legacy, then I highly recommend it. I've never even heard of Rogue Legacy. What's it about, Gareth? It's a side scrolling game, very much in that sort of old school art style that you were just talking about. Yeah. There being too many games of. Uh, (laughs) but it's like um, instead of levelling up um, every time you die you pick one of your descendants to go through the dungeon next Um, so it's like as you're levelling up you're picking another um, generation from your family to carry on the adventure Ah, so you get to situations where you know you'll pick one of your relations and it'll be like a woman and then her name will be Chun-Li. And then, like, a few deaths later, you'll get the option of being another woman also called Chun-Li, but she'll be, like, Chun-Li the second. So, it's like, instead of levelling up, you pick a child and then take that child into the dungeon next. Hey! But it's actually awesome. Yeah. It was in my top ten cool. games of last year. Yeah. And now it's coming to consoles, well, which is where it belongs. Yeah. Well, that's because we started just after the new yeah, year. Yeah, talking about, and our very first podcast was talking about our games of the year. Yeah, <laughs> then we talked about The Last of Us and stuff. It wasn't like high up in my top ten. It was like, you know, probably eight or nine or something like that. Okay. Sorry to question you, Gareth. <laughs> it's quite all right. I'll have Um... Sharknado the game is coming oh, out. Oh dear. In uh, sync with the release of Sharknado 2. <clears throat> I haven't seen the first one. Is it any good, Gareth? Not seen it. No. I have. Is it good? Ooh, uh, in a word, no. Oh, it's, Better it's, or it's, worse it's... than Transformers? Oh, oh, Christ. It's on a par with Transformers. It's, it's so... It's, it's because... You know they've done. It's the whole thing where they've tried to purposefully make a bad film, and that instantly just makes it just garbage. You you can't purposely make a bad film and it be so bad it's good. It doesn't work. You have to actually try to make a film that then turns out so bad, accidentally. You can't purposefully do it, and that's what Sharknado and all the other shark themed films are. Mm-hmm. They've tried to actually make B movies seriously, and it doesn't 
it just doesn't work. It yeah. just comes out as shit. I saw one, <clears throat> like a B-movie on sci-fi a couple of years ago. And I think it was called Sharktopus. Yep. It was like a giant shark with the bottom half of an octopus. And it That's was coming exactly on land. what it is. Yep. And there's other ones. There's like giant shark versus... <sighs> Versus Mega Octopus or something. Mega, Mega Shark, Octopus, yeah. Octopus, the, that was the sort of famous one from a few years ago. Yeah, they're all made by the same kind of people and it's it's just a whole series of shark-based weird films. But yeah, with purposefully ham actors. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's garbage. Hard, don't they? If you try it, it's too hard to make a B-movie. It's not going to happen. B-movies are a particular kind of magic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Can't recreate. No, you can't do it on purpose. You have to actually try to make a film with no budgets and no <laughs> no props, you know, scrounging stuff together, and it just turns out brilliant by accident. That's the only way to do it. So, yeah, don't bother with the game, because it will be even <laughs> Well, it's out on uh, tablets and smartphones, so oh, uh, yeah. obviously going to be quality. And the, uh, the screenshot I'm looking at, it's a guy running down the street, and there's taxis either side of him, and he's got a sword... And some of the taxis have sharks on them. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. It looks like um, basically an endless runner. Oh, Christ, I hate those. Yeah, like Temple Run, if you ever played that. It looks like it's going to be that. Excellent. Yeah. I can't wait to not play it. Brilliant. Cool. This news is going really well. <laughs> uh, the, the final bit of news I've got <laughs> is that uh, Gearbox Software, who are obviously well known for the Borderlands series... <clears throat> Uh, bringing out a new game, and it's called Battleborn. Oh! And that'll be a first-person shooter, but in the style of like a League of Legends or a Dota. Because we need another one. Exactly. So I was watching the trailer for it, and the trailer, the art style, I think looks pretty bad. And uh, the words bad that came out. Bad as in bad. I. They look like maybe a CGI trailer from a PS2 game. Okay. And I looked at it and I said, this looks turd. And that's turd. what I said. Yeah. Wow. Well, the news has been pretty down this week. Hasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> there's been some good bits, but yeah. There's what was a good bit, Don? Uh, the new 3DS game coming, maybe. <laughs> from Nintendo. Yeah, maybe a new DS game. Perhaps. Um, I mean, the Alien DLC is good. It's just a shame the way they're doing it. But yeah. I... I DLC and I do want to play that game it, it does interest me, it looks really good and uh, I will be purchasing that at some point in the future oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you're right <laughs> sorry about that, I really am very old <clears throat> oh, very sick bless boy. my heart I'm actually because I live on a kind of I wouldn't call it an estate because that brings negative connotations it does. I live on a private housing area. <laughs> we don't have people that have children just to get houses on here. They're mm-hmm. kept away behind the gates. Um, and I was walking around the other day and a lady said to me, would you like some of these flowers? Because I'm trimming the bush and it would be a very... <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay. And then I said, but I haven't got a vase. And she was like, I'll give you a vase. And so she's put the flowers in a vase and I took them upstairs and I just thought, ah. Oh. <laughs> if that's what life is, 
when you don't have Xboxes and stuff. <laughs> will we have Xboxes when we retire? Will we be playing? Because I think we will. I still have mine. I've still got a 360 in a box I haven't opened. I'm yeah. keeping that. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think we will when we're into our 60s or when we retire when we're 94. I think we will. Yeah, or at the very least, we'll be able to stream Twitch directly into our brains so we can watch somebody else play a game <laughs> oh, from yes. inside our own heads. Yep. A young boy. Why do you always go there? <laughs> Hello, it's time for your weekly video game music section with me, Gareth. Uh, some soundtracks... Uh, are quite subtle, and you only really notice how good they are when it's sort of pointed out to you, brought to your attention. And other games have soundtracks that sort of slap you in the face. <laughs> uh, Battle Block Theatre is one of those soundtracks. Um, it's the kind of game, the tone is very obvious, the sense of humour, the art style, it's all aiming for a certain thing. And the soundtrack throughout not only enhances that, but, as I said, smacks you in the face. Uh, I was playing uh, with my friend this week, and pretty much every other level we were like, holy crap, this song is awesome. And I really wanted to highlight it as a game that's, as it's coming out uh, for free on, I think, PSN and Xbox um, this month, for completely free. I wanted to highlight it and uh, show how fun and actually good the soundtrack is. So, this is two songs from the Battleblock Theatre soundtrack. The first is called Secret. And the second is called the Wicked Mummy Remix. Enjoy! Now you're talking. Now you're talking. 
Gaming has been talk- they've been speaking a lot about the negativity about gaming, but we need to talk about the positivity of gaming. As gamers, as people that love the medium, we have to talk about the positives that they give people and the positives that they can bring. There is a company called, um, I forget what they're called, um, but they go out and they adapt game consoles for disabled players, so people that may have cerebral palsy so they can play Battlefield, um, people with only one arm so they can play FIFA. Mm. And, you know, that is some good stuff. But, Gareth, I want to talk about how games helped you through your depression era in your life. Um, I kind of 
haven't had one yet. How would you think <laughs> it would? <laughs> well, I just think uh, things to take your mind off um, stuff are severely lacking. Gareth. And video games... You, I thought you were depressed. I'm not depressed. How old are you? 25. <laughs> Surely it's kicked in by now. <laughs> what? Sorry, Depression. I just presume that you would have gone through like from like 22 to 24. No. Can you feel it coming on? Uh, not really. We can suspend if we need to. Until I'm depressed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I oh, feel Karen. pretty happy to be honest. If if you're just gonna, I think that's because of games as well. Because what would you do otherwise? Um, you would get depressed. <laughs> Maybe I've never had to worry about it. A game since I, as long as I can remember, <laughs> has been what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I so used very... to be the case of like you know if I couldn't buy a new game, then I'd just play Ocarina of Time all the way through again over the course of like a week or so. There you go. But there is, I've been talking to a lot of people recently about how gaming has helped people through times that they may not have actually been able to get through had it not been. Uh, personally, from the age of, this is going to get pretty deep now, but we can talk about this cool stuff. Because, you've, you've touched upon it in the past. Yeah, because Guy's not here and we can <laughs> have a kind of intelligent debate. Um, from the ages of 18 to 23, I literally just locked myself away. In, a, in my room and I didn't go out anywhere and I didn't do anything and that's why I've got this kind of encyclopedic knowledge about games because I would literally play them but I think that's the positive side of games in that it gives you a link to the outside world if you're not I don't mean like one that's matter of fact oh this is what's going on outside all these people pulling each other out of cars and shooting each other in the face um, but it did help and it was absolutely brilliant and gaming I think that's why it's so important to some people as well I mean Don I don't know if games have ever helped you out in a particularly uh, bad situation uh, not in that particular regard not not the same yeah. way like you've done uh, been through stuff um, but they have kept me company <laughs> a lot of the time when I just lived in a hostel for like three and a half years and yeah. Final Fantasy 7 uh, Metal Gear Solid um played those for just hours and hours on end got me through a lot of tedious times and stuff where I just wasn't really talking to people very much um, and when was this 1998 um, this was about 2001 something like that 2002 so that was around 1998 <laughs> it was around, <laughs> yeah. around that time yeah well I didn't come to I didn't get a PS1 with that until quite late in the day I bought a GameCube before I bought a PS1 um, yeah. so that's why those years are probably out for those games but uh but yeah but what you were saying actually about um it you've you know you've been kind of hiding away playing games and stuff do you think that from the outside people would be kind of going what's rob doing oh he's locked away in, in the room again just playing those bloody video games yeah. when in fact you were finding them beneficial but other people might perhaps have thought they were keeping you locked away or whatever and that is i think we'll look back on games um and think why did we not utilize them <clears throat> better than we did like obviously there's there was the Wii and stuff like that and a lot of doctors kind of <clears throat> prescribed people to use them to keep working out if they'd had like an accident or they lost the use of their hand and they needed to build it up again 
um, or their legs, dance mats and stuff like that. So games can be beneficial. And like I say, if you are suffering from cerebral palsy and you can't get out mm-hmm. and you're you're into gaming, it's very important that you can do that. Very important that you can play games. Yeah, definitely. And the online connectivity with it as well now, especially, and all the online chat and stuff really helps you, I think. Yeah, it gives is. You a little, gives you a connection to all the people out there, and we've got the same hobbies and interests and stuff that you might not otherwise have. Yeah, uh, and you won't be treated. Like, obviously, when Gareth goes out, people will kind of point and say, oh, look, look at that guy. <clears> you know, but when he's playing online, that all that goes away because it's just you talking to someone over a mic. There's no kind of judgments or anything like that. And you know, automatically they they don't look down upon games because they're there already, you know. So yeah, and you've already got that, and that and that's the hard part as well. It's like in any social circle trying to talk about games. Yeah, you know, it is. It really is. It's quite weird. But it that's is. why we have to do this sort of thing where we hook up with people that are in Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Because we want to talk about games because we can't do it in our everyday life because the guy, oh, do you play games? Oh yeah, I love games. Oh, brilliant! What do you play? Oh, I play Call of Duty every now and then, and then, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay. I actually got excited there that there might be someone I can actually talk to, but alas, there rarely ever is. Is there, Gareth? Yeah, it's still a bit of a niche, but I think like the thinking of. You know, oh, he's sitting inside playing his video games all day. Why isn't he outside playing yeah. football? Like, I think that's slowly going away um, yeah. as games become more sort of um, mature. Like, yeah. you know, it, if I have kids and they're... You will, Gareth. I'm just saying, you know. And they're like 16 and they're in their room playing video games. I know they're not wasting their time because I know what video games contain, you know. I know they yeah. can, can contain... Right. Stories, uh, no. <laughs> you will play that game! <laughs> I know they can contain stories that will like, make you think and question your own morals and help you like uh, identify certain things about yourself. I know they're reading, because there's actually a lot of reading in games. So it's yeah. like you know reading a good book or whatever. If you're reading line after line of text, then it's increasing your English skills, which yeah. sounds cheesy, but it's obviously true, like the more yeah. reading you do. There's like, you know... Pattern recognition and reflexes, obviously, which is just useful, I guess. Um, stuff like even like and the I... mu- the music in video games is always getting better and better, as I show on this podcast every week. And it's like <laughs> being able to appreciate stuff like that is something that had been very much on the the downturn for the past like thirty years. Like classical music, as an example. Um, not to get on too big of a tangent, but had really been in a massive downward spiral. And then games like Final Fantasy and the Elder Scrolls series have come out, where it's massive orchestras being composed specifically for, and uh, music written just for them, for these games. I mean, if you've played a Final Fantasy game, you've heard a completely orchestrated score by an incredibly talented musician, whether you know it or not. And it's like, it just aids in your understanding of a very basic thing, which is music, even yeah. if you don't realise it. So I yeah. think as video games progress as they are doing, which we can't stop, thankfully, because just the 
industry has been growing and growing and growing for years, as they progress, they're only going to become more beneficial mm-hmm. for people <laughs> to have as their main hobby. Like I, I was there when it was just Mario running from left to right, jumping on a Goomba, eat a mushroom, grow big, yeah. and then sort of as I grew up, so did video games. I just happened to hit that sweet spot all the way through my life of like, oh, I'm 13, I can just about start understanding emotion in video games and here along comes Ocarina of Time. And it's like, you know... Yeah, I think we are of that age group. We've kind of grown up alongside it. Yeah, and I think, you know, if I do have kids and they say, oh, what's this The Last of Us? It's an old retro game. I want to play it. I'll be like... Then you just go... No, I think... (laughs) I think, are you... Like, are you emotionally mature enough? You know, yeah. it's like watching a horror film, like, <clears throat> but in a sort of serious way. Like, are you ready for these mature themes? Are you? I, I like to think that your family home when you grow up, Gareth, will be similar to that of something in The Last of Us, where people were just feral with long hair, <laughs> all fighting around for food and trying to survive from one another. They'll eat when I tell them they can eat. Exactly, that's the sort of thing I'm saying. Or maybe society will go down the pan. Well, yeah, that's possible too. Yeah, but we'll all know how to survive. And I think it's only when we grow up and our children have grown up and they're old enough that we'll start appreciating what games are. And because obviously the generation above us and stuff, they grew up with either no games or the Spectrum and Amstrad that we like to slag off Gareth and that's when they say oh they've seen it all before Pac-Man oh games are like Pac-Man games are like Space Invaders and it's only when we realise like you say you point out all those positives of what gaming can bring and then we know that our children would do that as long as it's a healthy kind of managed and you give them enough variety rather than just the same game over and over again. Yeah. And I think it can only be good. Well, it's like, you know, if somebody says, you know, I let my kids watch films, you don't assume they mean like, oh, they watch Hostel <laughs> and Saw and also porn <laughs> films. Like, Basic you know, instinct. <laughs> yeah. It's like, as long as you're sensible about what your children are taking in, yeah. then whether it's video games, whether it's films, whether it's books, whether it's the music they listen to, then no matter what, you have a lot of options to help your kid not turn into a crazy person. <laughs> there you go. Parents have a put input in there, <laughs> which they don't seem to understand. <laughs> exactly. What was you going to say, Don? Sorry. I was just going to no. I was just going to kind of agree with what Gap was saying before about actually the number of cultural and educational um, aspects that are all conflated together in like one video game is really incredible and quite and just can be only beneficial to people i mean like final fantasy is an example if you're playing final fantasy 7 or or something like persona 4 you've got to be able to follow the storyline for hours and hours on end there's acres of text to read through you're basically reading a novel when you play those games yeah and following the the character arcs of different characters coming and going the way they behave the way they interact with each other also like you know there's music like you say classical music especially um, just the quality of it is incredible these days um, and everything else that comes with it, the fact that you're having to make tactical decisions all you know as well hand-eye coordination um, for certain types of games yeah it's, like at a basic level as well like mathematics like this attack yeah. does this much the boss has this much shield and this much health and you know it's like it, yeah, everything <laughs> yeah it, the number of things that, that games bring together is 
pretty much unique, I think. I don't think there's any other medium that brings all this stuff together that you can experience simultaneously at the same time and enjoy yourself. So you're not necessarily, you know, it's it's not like a chore or anything to, you know, to like you might, you know, trying to get a kid to read a book or, or whatever of a certain kind. Yeah. They just, they're playing these huge stories that involve pretty complex characters a lot of the time. And things like Final Fantasy VII, obviously, with um, uh, you know, the, the way the characters develop and... Cross-dressing. Cross-dressing, yeah. Snowboarding. People and dying. And also hand-eye uh, coordination, which we take for granted. Yeah, if you definitely. place a controller of a first-turn shooter into the hands of someone that's never done it before, you watch with hilarity, like my girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you do this. That's not how she speaks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, moving around two analog sticks in a three-dimensional space yeah, and it, it shooting a, pin, a, a pin-sized head from three miles away, you know, that takes skill and hand-eye coordination. Absolutely. Which, but we still can't win those grabbing machines at the seaside. <laughs> <laughs> but they're fixed anyway. <laughs> Right, so that was absolutely beautiful, Gareth. Um, sorry that I just presume that you had depression. <laughs> it, it would make sense if I did. It would. But I am sad to say I've been pretty happy for most of my life. Uh, what, an, what a great oxymoron <laughs> you just did there. Brilliant. So on to what have you been playing as the last of the <laughs> Yes, what have we been playing this week? I have been playing Borderlands 2 on the very, very hardest difficulty level. I asked Gareth to help me defeat the um, Bloodwing, which is one of the bosses. Expecting him to say, oh yeah, I'd love to do that, Rob. That'd be really good. Maybe play some games. You know, we haven't done that before. Uh, Brilliant. But I was just met with disinterest. I was busy. No, this was a... I wanted to play at like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and I was asleep. No, you wasn't. Just you, don't, you don't sleep at night. I do nowadays. Nowadays, this is what the Getting thing is. Getting a routine. Gareth. You need to tell me what your routine is because I don't <laughs> know. Because sometimes you'll sleep throughout the day and become alive at night. Sometimes it'll be whatever. <clears throat> you know, maybe we can play our defense falls together. I don't know. I don't know if I can have you dragging me down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you just play with that guy? That guy? One of my yeah. oldest friends. One of your oldest friends? Yes, I do. Okay. He's the only well, one who, who understands my my tactics and strategy. Okay. Is it years of sort of practice that you built this <laughs> understanding together? <laughs> well, together we completed Earth Defence Force 2017 on the highest difficulty. And we're... Wow. Slowly doing the same with 2025. 2025. Yeah. Right, so um, I decided to go <laughs> out of the Bloodwings area mm-hmm. and, um, and go for uh, missions that were slightly lower level requirements and I managed to build up my level enough that I could use more powerful weapons, thus destroying Bloodwing. Um, oh, but- like in a video game. 
Like in a video game, Gareth. Oh. And I think, <laughs> is it skill that's allowing me to do this? Or is it just that I'm grinding? And it's, it's I know that it's not skill. It's right. not skill. And I don't care what anyone says. If you haven't got the right guns or you're not at the right level, you're not going to progress. And then that makes me think, all it is, is you're putting in the hours, you're getting the reward. And that's a really weird way of a game working, but yet it's still so addictive because you like to see that progress progress bar filling at the bottom of the screen. And I'm trying to deconstruct Borderlands to try and kind of just find out what it is. Because do you see what I mean, Gareth? Do you know what it is? Do you want me to tell you what it is? Tell me what it is, because I need to know what it is that keeps me coming back playing. It's fun. It's fun to have a massive gun, a shotgun that explodes bullets, and when you throw a grenade, the grenade jumps into 90 other grenades that all explode. But then you'll get to a point where that shotgun is no longer good enough, and you have to go backwards to then keep playing until the game will give you a gun that is powerful enough to let you continue. Well, usually by then you've also found a rocket launcher that sets people on fire or a submachine gun that fires acid. <coughs> so, you but know. It's, it shouldn't work because technically you could get the most powerful gun, the, the developer could hand it to you mm-hmm. and say, that's it, now you go out and do it. And you uh, you can just beat anyone. It's not like skill. It's not like it's harder, so now I have to use a little more skill. If it's on a harder difficulty and you use a gun that's weaker, you're going to get destroyed. You're not going to be able to make any progress whatsoever. That's not the same in the campaigns of like Call of Duty and stuff. You get the same guns, but you just have to use a little bit more skill. And maybe that's where the Borderlands that I'm finding hard to kind of understand in that you have to put in a, invest a certain amount of hours before you can get the piece that allows you... It's like Resident Evil, where you'd have to look around for a key to then unlock the next part, to do the next part. It's the same sort of structure where you have to keep backtracking. Mm. Same with Dark Souls. That's, I just didn't understand it. And <laughs> even though I love Borderlands, I'm sitting there and my brain's kind of telling me that you know, this isn't skill. What you're doing, Rob, you're not being rewarded for your skill. You're being rewarded for just running headlong into things until you get those points that you can acquire that you can then, you're then good enough to actually face the bosses. And then you don't use skill. You just constantly shoot it and it falls down and you continue on the path that you're going along. But saying that, I love the game. I want to get it on PS Vita, but I just don't want to put in all those hours again. Well, there's some strategy that goes into it, <coughs> especially on the hardest difficulty where if you're not slagging enemies, then you pretty much don't stand a chance. Yeah. Because uh, when you slag them, you do more damage. So, like, me and my friend, we worked out a system where, you know, one of us would always be slagging, the other oh, would always be shooting, and we could switch. Yep, certainly, <laughs> yeah. certainly helps. Because you see me, Rob, Rob Lonesome, running around in the, in the fridge or whatever it's called yeah. with my gun just trying to snipe things. You know, I could have a friend called Gareth going around slagging him all off, mate, and I could be shooting him with the sniper rifle, but no. Okay. Okay. I've also been playing WWE 2K14. Um, 
I love the wrestling games. I don't really play rest. I don't play. I don't watch wrestling anymore. I'm not interested in the rosters. I'm not interested about all these new people. I like to play them. I like to create my own characters. Gareth, in fact, I'm going to create you. You're going to create me. Intro- yep. Yeah. Wow. What's and my finish going to be? Um, orgasm. <laughs> and then I'm going to create Guy with his long neck and his really long arms. <laughs> And his checkered shirt, and I'm going to put them up there, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I just, I love the games. I love the way they play. It's like uh, Call of Duty. I like the way Call of Duty. Play. I don't particularly like shooting people in the faces or war, but I like the gameplay of Call of Duty and wrestling. I just, I think it's a brilliant game. I think the, the mechanics are brilliant. And last year they had the Attitude Era, where you could um, fight a Stone Cold Steve Austin go through all of the top fights in uh, the Attitude Era, like when Kane came in and fought The Undertaker, when The Undertaker fought Mankind on top of the cage and threw him off. And you get all these kind of things that you have to do. Like you have to perform certain moves, like the historical events. And this year, it's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So you get to fight like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, so all those kind of WrestleMania events... I just think it's a top top game, and I don't normally I don't get them at the beginning of the year because, like I say, I'm not interested in the actual wrestlers themselves. And if it didn't have a WrestleMania or Attitude add-on, <coughs> I probably wouldn't buy them. But I just think as games they're fantastic, and I really enjoy them. I've been playing them since PlayStation Two, yeah, I mean uh, PlayStation One, and me and my friends used to love like SmackDown Two. I've got it here, SmackDown Two. Know Your Role, it's called. And it's got Triple H, China, who Gareth used to absolutely fancy, and The Rock. So there you go. That's what I'll be playing this week. Uh, I've, oh, I said I downloaded Metal Gear Solid again, but I just don't I like it. I don't know what it is. Like, Metal Gear Solid, to mm-hmm. me, I know we spoke about this before, Gareth, but I love the character design. I'm looking at my figures now, and I've got four different versions of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid 1, Metal yeah. Gear Solid Ground Zeroes, Metal Gear Solid, um, what's the PSP one? Portable Ops, and Peace Walker. I've got Liquid Snake, I've got Cyborg Ninja, I've got Solidus, it was like £110. And then I've got Raiden, and I don't know why. I just love the character <laughs> design. No, literally, I don't know why. They're not fantastic. I just... Is I, it I Cyborg Raiden? Yeah, I've got two Cyborg Cyber Raidens as well. Jeez. The black version and the white one. And these things aren't cheap. They're like 70 quid each. But I just... I love the character design. I love the Hideo Kojima character design. <laughs> <coughs> But I've never really played the games. What about you, Don? Are you into Metal Gear? I've only played uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 on PS1, which I really did like a lot. I played through it a few times. Um, I started playing Metal Gear Solid 2 on the PS2, but only got as far, like a few missions in with Raiden, um, when you switched to Raiden after the beginning bit. Um, And then I stopped playing after that. Yeah. But I've I've become more interested since uh, Phantom Pain's been announced. I'm kind of interested in getting back into it yeah. again. I just when I, mean, I didn't own a PS3, um, so I, you know, playing Metal Gear Solid Four was never an option. 
yeah. but I wasn't that bothered really about missing out on it. No. But uh, yeah, the new ones though, the Phantom Pain does look good, and so I'm, I'm definitely going to pick that up at some point when I'll have a no, PS4 and Xbox One. Now Gareth's been playing League of Legends this week. <laughs> no, really? He almost never plays that. No. Uh, let's see if he's come out of bronze yet. Have you out, you out of bronze yet? Um, Gareth? <laughs> it's difficult to get out of bronze, alright. <laughs> I think it's the disco. Good. The disco music's holding you back. You need the to disco it. is yeah. the only thing keeping me going. <laughs> no, but, but like we said this a few weeks ago, Gareth, like, where is the reward? What's keeping you playing? Um, and you're still not out of bronze <laughs> well I might get out of bronze one of these times I've been playing really well recently the other yes. day I went 17-3-8 uh, and eight on Gragas so you know which means nothing it, it means something to somebody who's listening right now yeah are they like whoa <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yeah mum mum come and listen to this she'll be like that that voice sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> He's a love god. Because I've had sex with her. Um, oh yes, go on, Gareth. But I actually, aside from League of Legends, which yes, I'm still in bronze, I've actually played a shit ton of games this week. Wow, here we uh, go. I played so many I had to keep a list. <laughs> so, there are eight games on this list, and I'm not going to list them off. Okay. It's not me reading a list... That's not what this is. You're not reading the list you've made. I'm reading from a list, <laughs> but I'm not going to just read this list. As a list. Yes, I, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so as we alluded to earlier, I played some Earth Defense Force this week. Uh, working my way through Inferno. Oh, yes. With my friend Ken's. Uh, Ken's? <laughs> how dare I have friends? No, it's not that. It's the fact that you're... You're really adamant not to make any new friends. What? That's not true. It is. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's like you and Ken's, which I doubt is his real name. His name's probably <laughs> Kenneth. Is it Kenneth? No. His last name is Mackenzie. Oh, I see. Yeah. Didn't see that coming, did you? Hey. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh, what was I saying? Yeah, working my way through Inferno. <coughs> one level at a time. Volcans. Farmed up quite a lot of armour and weapons now, so we're ready to just start taking the game on. Yep. Uh, is, it, is that more than two player, or is it just two player? Uh, two player split screen co-op. Oh, okay. So you can't play it online with like three players or you, four? You can play it online, but it's a really weird lobby system. Um <coughs> And none of the progress counts towards, like, single player. I don't think oh, so. Some all... of these games, I just really despair. Yeah, it's it's all really weird. But I, I don't have a capture card for my PC right now, so I've been not playing as much console stuff because I can't capture video of it. Yeah. Uh, so I played quite a lot of stuff on the PC. Oh. So, right. First thing I'm going to not list... First thing I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna mention is a Nidhog, which Nidhog. is amazing. Like I I thought it looked fun from watching it be played, but oh my god, to play this game is so addictively pinpoint accurate. 
Yeah. Then it's great. It's basically, um, it looks like a NES game, like lots of huge pixels and stuff. Um, but it's 1v1 fights in which you fence each other. Yeah. Um, so there's a fencing mechanic where you can either stab high, middle, or low. And then you have like a jump and a roll. And you can also throw your sword if you want. Yeah, um, that's, run. Yeah, and just leg it. And that's pretty much it. It's very simple, but there's a ton of depth in it. Like, you know, if you're sort of, if you have your sword low and somebody has their sword high and you move your sword up, you'll disarm them because you're knocking the sword out of their hand. Yeah. Um, or if you're rolling and somebody stabs low, they'll stab you whilst you're rolling. So if you just want to get past them, then you've got to consider like what they're going to do. So you have to watch them, see so, like what height they're stabbing at. So you know if you can like jump over them or roll, or if you can just take them on. Um, if you've not got Nidhogg, it was on in on in the Steam sale for like one pound fifty or something like that. I think what? it was one of those like ridiculously reduced games. So if it comes up again and you have friends, sorry, Rob. I uh, know. <laughs> no, I'm trying to make you my friend, but you're just not. <laughs> Not up for it. Guy's got no friends. Go for guy. Yeah, but you can't. You don't even know what that guy's doing from one day to. I don't think he even knows. I think he wakes up, runs around in a circle, and then just runs out the door head first and just hopes for the best. <laughs> I think that is literally how he conducts himself. <laughs> and then wherever he ends up at the end of the day, if he's not dead, he considers it a success. Probably not far from the truth. <laughs> exactly. Considering the sporadic contact we get from him, yeah. we'll be like, "Guy, we're going to be recording the podcast in an hour," and he'll be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not even yeah. in in town." Like, yeah. what are you talking about, you... Ugh, guy? Anyway, Nidhog, highly recommended. Amazing game, <coughs> pixel perfect control, and feels incredibly satisfying. Yeah. So that's my first uh, game I'll list off. Second game, a goat simulator, which is a game where you play as a goat. It's a yeah. rea- very realistic portrayal of what goats do every day. Oh, yes. Like blow up petrol stations. Can you imagine if they actually did, though, Gareth? The human race wouldn't stand a chance. No. We, we're done for if this is what goats are actually capable of. Yeah. Like, if a goat is actually capable of summoning the Antichrist goat... Then... Well, we don't know that, do we? Well, I mean, they made a game out of it, so yeah. there's got to be some kind of truth in there. They've done Have their you research. summoned the Antichrist yet? Uh, well, the Antichrist goat, it's like a demon goat that can fly really far. Oh, yes. And can combine things into a sort of mini black hole that then explodes... Hey, like uh, like goats do, you know. Yeah, you know the type. Uh, <laughs> and then there's like there's unlockables in that game where so we unlock something called a feather goat, <laughs> and then when we tried that out, it turns out it was just an ostrich. We? <laughs> Who's we? I played this co-op with my friend. Oh Ken's. my god! <laughs> <sighs> there's going to be a lot of that. No, no. What it is, right? Is I don't have anyone to play online with anymore. Okay. Because um, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I suppose I don't like playing online. <laughs> <laughs> so all my friends that I used to play Call of Duty and that with have kind of drifted off and just gone on for other things. And, you know, it's kind of like um, there's only ever one game in a, in a blue moon that I fancy... I fancy playing right. um, uh, as a whatever you call it online together. So you know, it's just sad. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but Goat Simulator is only on PC anyway, so you wouldn't have been able to play that with me. Yeah, I understand, Gareth. You know, no bad, no hard feelings. All right, good, good. Yeah, so but good. he will kill you in your sleep. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I've been speaking to him for long enough to know when when I'm doomed. I've just I've just uh, been taking posing pictures of my new Batman that I'm sending you now. You can look at him too, good guy, Gareth. What? God damn! <laughs> Sorry, it's like I'm literally knackered. I haven't stopped since six a.m. What? <coughs> what? Uh, what Batman is it? It's um, I don't know. Okay. I've got quite a few Batmans. Batman. Batman. Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's like a comic one. He's got a kind of blue cape and a grey um, body. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Samurai Batman. I've got Batman from Arkham Asylum. And I've got Christian Bale's Batman. The Dark Knight. I think Christian Bale was a shit Batman. Oh, you think you're a shit Batman? <laughs> well, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this going, Gareth. Okay, not that we're listing things off, but there are more things to talk about. Uh, I played Skyrim, finally. Hey, uh, with all your stupid mods, it must have been a mess. It actually was alright. Uh, it got to night time, and I looked up in the sky, and there were like 19 moons. <laughs> wow. And I was like, well, that's weird. I guess was I that on Skyrim, or...? In Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Skyrim, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I must have installed some kind of fuck ton of moons mod. <laughs> That's what it's called. But no, I fucking love Skyrim. And I was I was going to play some it. today, but then... It's it's, it's superior to um, Oblivion, isn't it? It's superior to everything. Well, yeah, pretty much. When you, when you want to give a game that's superior, there isn't one. I genuinely put Skyrim at the top of best game ever made. Whoa. Yep. Oh, now that's going... But, you know, you've got some... you got you got it, Gareth. <laughs> you know, you've got some. I feel like this may be a bit too big of a discussion. Maybe we could talk about it next week, like best game ever yeah, made. But, but if you want to hear my uh, reasons for why it's the best game ever made... Tune in next week to the Game Central oh, podcast. Oh, the skill. <laughs> the skill involved. Uh, what else? Uh, Magicka. Have you ever played Magicka? Yeah, Probably that's not. when people play with cards, isn't it? Nope. That's Magicka <laughs> Gathering. Magicka is uh, top down. Is it something that's like more Magicka than something else? Oh, like, oh, that's Magicka than that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I see what you. What you're driving at? Uh, it's spelled M-A-G-I-C-K-A, mm. and basically it's a game where 
you're given a load of um, sort of elements and uh, individual spells, and you combine them in certain ways to um, create a new spell. So you'll have like earth, fire, water, uh, ice, wind, shield, healing, and ice. so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, for example, <laughs> oh god! So, for example, if you combine shield and um, rock, and then you cast that spell, you create like a a wall of um, rocks in front of you that will damage Ooh. enemies if they walk into them. Or if you combine shield and rocks and then fire, the rocks that are shielding you will be on fire. Dangerous. Or if you combine that with arcane, then it will create like a minefield in front of you. And you're doing this all on the fly, so you'll like you'll be being attacked by enemies, and you'll be like, "Oh, the fire and arcane and shield," and then drop down a minefield, and then stuff will be chasing after you, and you'll be like, "Shit, uh, frost and wind," and you'll create like a icy wind in front of you that slows them down. And it's pretty fun. Um, hard to get into with a controller. Because the way you sort of spells is with the right stick. Yeah. So you'll like move the stick to the right and then up or down to select an element. So it looks like right and up is fire and then right and down is like ice. And you can't have them both on at the same time because then like they counter each other out. So there's a lot to think about. Maybe too much to think about when you're in the middle of combat. Yeah. If you just want to cast like massive fuck off flamethrower. And instead, you accidentally cast ice, and then it cancels everything out. We've all done it, Gareth. <laughs> First world problems. Yeah. Um, so I played that. I intend to play more of that at some point. Yeah, sounds nice. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, then I played Dive Kick. Yep. The one on one beat him up. Oh, is that that one hit kill thing? Yep, where there's only yeah. two buttons. Uh, one of the buttons is dive, and the other button is kick. Complex. Um. And then you, first person to hit the other person wins. And that game is surprisingly fun. I thought it would be a bit lame, but. I imagine it's quite tense. Oh, yeah, super tense. There are certain characters who are just terrible, though. Yeah. So, like, when you're going through trying out every character and you get to the one who could only kick when he swings from a weird, like, trapeze. Yeah. Then you sort of uh, <coughs> you lose pretty quick, but um, that game's fun, and that's that game's really cheap as well. And I think it's out for everything. It's out for like Xbox One and Three Sixty and PS Three, and yeah. So um, Dive Kick is fun. What else? Uh, Risk of Rain, which is a roguelike uh, side-scrolling shoot 'em up uh, with different classes. And it's similar to Borderlands in that you just have wave after wave of enemies coming at you, and you just mow them down. Um, but you pick up power ups; they'll add to your character. So, say you pick up a power up that's like every three bullets you fire, you'll fire a missile. But then, if you pick another one up of those later on then it'll mean you fire two missiles. So you're constantly getting your character stronger and stronger and stronger by picking up all these different uh, passives and actives and spells and stuff like that. And then when you die, 
you restart with those all that same stuff, same level, same stuff that you've picked up, but the game is back at level one, and then you just play through it and play through it and play through it. Um, so it's very addictive because you're just constantly getting more and more powerful, um, and it's that game mechanic like Borderlands has, like other games have, where the game lets you become too powerful. And that's really fun. When you're just, you know, enemies are coming at you and you're just holding down the trigger and that's causing every enemy you kill to explode and then they're firing rockets out and mortars and just all this crazy shit's popping off uh, because you're just so, so powerful. And I really love that in games. Too many games, I think like, uh, you know, Watch Dogs had this where like it gives you a really cool power and then you can only use it sometimes and you've got to wait for a meter to recharge in between using the power... And it's like, no, just make me super powerful, then just let me fucking do that all the fucking time. And this game lets you do that. There you go. Um, it's one of those games that you hate, Rob, because it's got like a sort of 8-bit art style. No, I don't like it. I just think it's becoming a bit like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know what I mean. Exactly what you mean. Yeah. No, but it's kind of becoming like, oh, look, we're using this art style. Aren't we clever? <laughs> it is around quite a lot nowadays. Yeah. But this like, one does it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, oh, self-satisfying, isn't it? Yeah, but th- this game does it really well because your character will be like two or three pixels high. So you're just a tiny little block of pixels in the middle of a massive screen. And then yeah. just hundreds of enemies coming at you from every angle, so... Uh, they yeah. use it to really good effect in that game. But that's Risk of Rain. And then the final game I've been playing this week. The final one on this list. Oh, yes. You might say. Is a Battle Block Theatre. Oh, I've heard about that. Battle yeah. Block Theatre. What is that again? It's by the same guys who did Castle Crashers. Okay, yeah. Um, who were also the guys who made a lot of Flash animations back in the day. And they also made... Did they make Alien Hominid? Yes, they did. It's yes. the same guys. Uh, Behemoth Interactive, they're called. Behemoth Interactive. Yeah. And Battle Block Theatre is like a, it's like a puzzle game um, where your sort of reward for doing well is by buying new heads for mm. your character. Um, so you'll start off with just a character with a cone for a head. Oh. And then after a few levels, you've earned enough to unlock a new head. And then that cone will have a party hat on and some sunglasses or some shit. Uh, but there's like a surprisingly massive variety of heads. And a surprisingly massive variety of skins for those heads. And it, for some reason it's actually compelling to unlock a new head. Yeah. <laughs> What it kind of shouldn't be. There was one where one of the heads is a cylinder, and one of the ones we unlocked for the cylinder was a koala bear, and for some reason that was incredible. <laughs> I don't know, I don't why, know why, but it, it was amazing. Um, but that game's really fun. It's like puzzly. You sort of need to work with a partner to get all the gems in the level, which is what lets you buy the new heads. Battle Block Theatre is good. You should play it when it's free. It's free, like, this month as well. <laughs> I think on PSN and uh, Xbox, so... 
Battle Block Theatre was really fun. That's that's my last game. That's my list. Done. Now it's time for Don to take yeah. the reins and show people what he's made of. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Well, uh, well, this week I've played uh, a few games. I'll just pass through a couple of them very quickly. Um, Bioshock Infinite's DLC, uh, Battle at the Episode One. Ooh. Uh, yes. Oh. Um, it was. <laughs> I like that noise, Bob. Um, it, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. It was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure I 100% understand the story. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of worked out the Bioshock Infinite storyline finally, mm-hmm. um, but then and this, I, I kind of think I understand it without going to talk about. It. If I talk about it, it's just spoilers because yeah. it's just spoilers. Um, but it kind of makes some sense. But it was it was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, but I haven't played the second one because I don't own Barrel at C2. Um, okay. And once it comes down sufficiently in price, because I'm not paying 12 quid for it, <laughs> <laughs> then oh, yes. I will pick it up, play it, and see if it helps make any more sense out of it. It's all. definitely not worth 12 quid. Although I it doubt it. definitely won't help you make sense. No, I expect it as much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll begin to think Old Levine is starting to just make stuff up now as he kind of approached got past the end of it you know I don't know but it was you know it was alright what it was and it was nice to see Rapture kind of yeah they did a really good job with Rapture in, all sorted out yeah in that DLC that was pretty cool um, but yeah so there was that uh, then I got my Wii U uh, a few weeks ago um, so I've mostly been playing on that um, so it's a, it's a nice little system for people who don't have one um, <laughs> people who may not have heard of them it's a little <laughs> known system it's a niche console from a company called Nintendo, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, got a little gamepad controller with a screen on it. Uh, it all works pretty well. Um, pretty uh, well. Pretty well. I mean, it, uh, in fact, it works really well. That's just that's putting it down needlessly. Um, <clears throat> uh, the off-screen um, TV thing on the gamepad works excellently. I can play it right the way across the other side of my flat with no problems. Um, uh, and uh, it's a pretty nifty little thing. The download speeds, I downloaded, because uh, I've got Mario Kart 8 packs, I've got Mario Kart 8 with it, uh, so you get a free download game, which I've got Pikmin 3, because I've never played a Pikmin game before, and I wanted to play one. Um, the download speeds on it are incredibly slow, um, <laughs> which is, and it, it's a 4 gig, roughly 4 gig download, and it took up well, an hour or so, and I'm on like oh, a 60 meg download fiber line, so it must be either Nintendo's servers or the console itself that is just... Um, bottlenecking it on purpose I presume for mm. some reason um, but but yeah so I played Pikmin 3 which uh, like I said first Pikmin game I've played um, kind of what I expected really really nice little game little puzzle game um, controlling all the little Pikmin trying to work out areas to uh, kind of divide your attention um, to split up into groups to gather things together um, within the, the daytime before the night comes along um, try and get as much accomplished during that day as you can it works pretty well with the um, yeah, the stylus on the uh, on the gamepad screen. You control the Pikmin with that, and you can fire them off to go and attack things or to pick things Wait, up. Wait, that's how you control it? Uh, yeah, well, you can use the the pad to do certain things, uh, oh, control the know. camera and stuff. But you can just um, so you don't have to look at the screen. So you can just um, um, you can just trace the, uh, uh, the 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 stylus around the pad, and you see a little um, kind of arc, and where you're pointing on comes up on screen. Okay. Um, and then just use uh, like the left bumper button to kind of uh, then expand to kind of control certain ones or to 
blow your whistle so that they all uh, kind of um, dissipate uh, and you lose control of them if you want to do that. Um, but the screen also does control your inventory uh, and stuff like that and all your items and stuff. So uh, there is a bit of dual screening happening. Um, uh, but it, yeah, they, they it should have called that the uh, the Wii DS. It, it is very much like that. In fact, <laughs> that is exactly what it is. It is. It's you're, you're using it as it's just like the DS, but it's kind of slightly less useful because you're taking your eyes fully off the TV screen to look down uh, and do things, um, which uh, isn't a problem so much because it does pause the game when you're doing certain things, um, so you can't really die. But um, no, it's a really pretty game. It's it's nice. Um, different pace game as well to play. You know, I've been playing a lot of Halo and stuff before. I got my Wii U, so it was all just killing stuff. And Bioshock Infinite is another first-person shooter, obviously. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that going on um, before I got the Wii U, and that's all kind of mellowed out a lot more with the Pikmin. Um, just bright and colourful, and it's a uh, it's a really pleasant little game. It's a fun little game to play, so it's nice. Um, and speaking of the dual screen thing, I also picked up Zombie U because um, that was on for like six pounds seventy from Amazon. Yeah, bloody uh, hell, that's well cheap. Yeah, and it's um, it still is. Well, last time I looked, anyway, it's still about six seventy five or something. So if you haven't got it and you got a Wii U, um, I'd quite recommend picking it up. It's a very again, it's a very different game to something I played before. It's um, it's a much slower paced game, um, so you're taking your time. It's kind of survival horror ish, but um, there's a lot more management of uh, inventory and stuff with the um, uh, your gamepad screen um, and I'm, as I'm sure you know, you, people are aware from reading reviews and stuff the game never pauses so if you open your backpack to do item management you, um, you know you're, you're just your character is just still active in the game that's right um, yep so you have to keep an eye out on stuff keep your ears op- um, keep your eyes open and your ears open yeah that makes sense you Whatever. can open your ears you can open your ears of course you can um, uh, to uh, uh, to control everything um, while you're still uh, active in the game uh, so that aspect is, is pretty good um, I've not played loads of it because I've mostly been playing uh, MK8 but um, uh, it, it's a nice different it's a diff- very different game to anything I've played um, before it's it's a nice different twist on the kind of Resident Evil formula um, so I definitely recommend it to people who are you know, survival horror fans um, you, you play it at a slower pace as well um, because you're always creeping around trying to get through places um, there's quite a lot of enemies um, in certain areas to get through, um, and they are pretty. They're fairly intelligent, from what I can tell so far. They they do spot you from a fair distance. If you make noise, um, they will <coughs> they will hear you, uh, and then tell their mates who will then also gang up on you. Oh, um, zombie mates. <laughs> yeah, zombie <laughs> friends. Always hanging out together. Um, and then um, yeah, and if you do get killed, you'll effectively turn into a. Uh, your character dies and then you regenerate at your last save point as a completely new character. Oh yeah, and then you can go find that zombie oh, yeah. that used to be yeah. you and loot all your stuff. I remember loads about this game now. Yeah, it's 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 a really it's a cool thing. Um, it's but you only get one chance as well to get your loot. So you can you've got a point on the map that will show you where you died. So you can head there if you want and go and pick stuff up. And you do need some of the kit <laughs> that's in that uh, in your backpack usually. Mm. Um, so you go down there and try and find yourself, but then you're zombie body is just lying there and but he'll come to life or she will come to life and attack you so you have to kind of clobber yourself to death um, again in a weird kind of meta kind of way and then um, get your backpack uh, and then continue on the game um, but it's no I've not like I said I've not got very far through it but it's, you know it's 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 really well done I think it's and it makes pretty good use of the, the Wii U capabilities um, and it's just a very different kind of 
um, turn twist on the uh, the survival horror genre. Definitely recommend it if you have a Wii U. Is it scary? Uh, no, I wouldn't call it scary. Okay. Um, I mean, I haven't like uh, it's a bit creepy in places. It's very dark. A lot, obviously. Oh, yeah, a lot of it is really dark, and you have a little torch to get through places. But the battery drains on that quite quickly, so uh, you have to get through places. Um, and if your battery dies, scare you? Do you get scared? There, yeah, there are. There's been a couple of jump scare things that happen um, uh, so far. Um, yes. But. Um, uh, and ammo is in fairly short supply as well. That's the other thing, which does help obviously with the tension and deciding if you're going to creep around certain places. And there's multiple routes as well through a lot of places in um, in the game, which is really good. It's been pretty well thought out. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you're fans of the genre, that's definitely worth checking out. There's two games where uh, ammo is in short supply that you've played because that uh, Burial at Sea DLC, they limit your ammo a lot in that game. Yeah. To be more like the original Bioshock, whereas obviously. Uh, Bioshock Infinite is very run and gun you're constantly in combat so you're just firing weapons left right and centre but then for Burial at Sea they took away so much ammo yeah you, I mean I kind of I start, I was playing it really cautiously to save ammo for that reason and then got to the end and went I could have shot a lot more people but <laughs> but, but yeah for that reason you're going I, you know, I'm just going to you know melee people, people instead um, a lot of the time um, and stuff like that but uh, it was quite a fun little thing um, but the third game that I've been playing most of all uh, is Mario Kart 8 um, oh yes <sighs> yes Mario Kart 8 Tell you me. know you want to um, <laughs> is that it's... their slogan <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the tagline for Mario Kart 8 it's excellent <laughs> Nintendo are really pushing it out. Um, uh, yeah it's, it's a brilliant game I've not played um, a few Mario Karts so it's been a few years since I've played one um, so it's been nice to kind of get back in there You're, the same skills apply the, the kind of the, the, the obviously the sliding uh, the jump slides still work the same way as usual you're getting your boost off them and to cut corners perfectly and it feels kind of the same but it, it's just so perfectly put together that it, it they don't need to change that it just it does work the way the, the, the feel of the carts the weight of the different characters and the different carts and stuff really works really well um, they've got a whole selection of carts now as well and tyres and stuff which do affect things stats like your top speed and your acceleration and the grip and stuff like that so there is a little bit of tactical play in there for certain if you know you're going to play a certain set of courses you can get some, you know, some of them on sand so a bit skiddier or ice <coughs> or whatever so that <coughs> does come into it a little bit but not so much that it will really affect your game um, but it's, no, it's, just, it's one of those games you'll end up playing for hours and hours and then going oh, I just have one more race and I've just unlocked another car so I'll just see what it is and then you end up playing another cup <laughs> just because even though you plan to go to bed hmm. um, it's um, yeah it's if you played a Mario Kart you, you pretty much know what to expect but it does it really well and it's got online um, this is the first one I've played online because I think Mario Kart 7 had it as well on the DS um, but this one has it as well and it works really well The um, it connects really quickly there's no lag whatsoever um not used to, there should be because obviously it's a confined course so it knows exactly where to go um, with all the players it finds people in lobbies really quickly um, and it works perfectly plus it's got the video recording thing now so you can upload your videos to YouTube and you can save a certain number of them permanently but it also kind of remembers the last kind of 12 matches or something like that that you played and you can edit highlight reels together and focus on certain characters during the races or certain actions or drifting and stuff like that to kind of customise your um, your little homemade videos um, quite quite a lot um, 
Until I end, in fact, uh, I played online on Sunday because the Game Central Lives um, um, guys uh, on there have set up a little uh, tournament on Sundays. I think that was uh, Mark Convey, so thank you very much to him uh, for up that tournament. A <clears throat> uh, uh, guy I haven't played against, guy, yet. he's, he's no, online. He thinks he's the best, doesn't he? But I haven't played against him. Um, <laughs> he wasn't online when, when I was on Sunday. Yeah, trust him not to be there when he <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that tournament has actually been set up. It's called, uh, if you've got a Wii and you want to join, then please do. Um, it's, uh, like I say, Mark Convey set it up, so add him. Um, uh, there's a big list of Nintendo IDs on the, uh, on the Facebook page. So just go on there and just add uh, everybody, basically. Uh, but you can search for it. Uh, it's called Game Central Gaming, and it runs on Sunday evenings from 9 till 11 at the moment. Um, so yeah, so I had a, a few games online on that on Sunday night um, with, uh, with Mark Convey and also Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd Bader was on there and Stuart Hall um, so that's good games I got absolutely thrashed um, <laughs> terribly um, uh, I've not unlocked enough uh, a lot of the carts because I've just been playing through the first few bits of the cups um, but uh, but it was a lot of fun and um, it's it's just it, it's one of those games it's just perennially perennially fun it just it's really hard to put into to kind of quantify it any more than just saying it's just fun personified it's just what Nintendo seemed to be able to do really really well especially with that game um, it's colourful um, plays really well controls perfectly courses are good um, a couple of them do your head in a little bit because I just you know everyone has their personal favourites um, I hate the kind of sweet World Cup one it's really annoying but um, in general it works pretty well I mean a lot of people have said the music is really good in this because they've rejigged some of the uh, some of the older tunes as well as some of the older tracks but I honestly can't say for me any of the music has stuck in my head whatsoever I, oh, I couldn't dude. tell you at all what the tunes were like so I, I, I can't say that the music is actually that memorable for me um, but um, it's brilliant excellent it's see, the most fun game I've played for Donkey's Years see ages. everybody says th- the exact same things as you Don that it's all <laughs> really good it's, it's fun graphically it's really good gameplay's really good but I've already uh, pre-decided that I don't like it, so <laughs> right. is there anything negative you can say about it, just to tide me over? Uh, it does the same thing that every Mario Kart game, I mean, because I was getting thrashed on the online matches, uh-huh. I ended up being in like, uh, because I ended up being in the back kind of, I was going to say half, but it's really the back third <laughs> yeah. of the matches, and it suffers from the same thing, when I say suffers, this is what I find personally. If you're leading in the top couple of positions then you'll use the question mark cubes and you'll pick up kind of fairly useless items like gold coins when you've already got 10 and you know you'll get the odd green shell here and there so pretty gold you know, stuff. yeah exactly but if you're further back in the field then you'll find that the um, especially on 150cc the computer players that are behind you the couple that are left they will have access to um, not only you know red shells and blue shells and the stars it's like they've got every weapon under the sun and they all start coming at you so it becomes really hard to gain places to actually get <laughs> further in the field because you're just constantly under attack it's like they've got fucking Gatling guns and nuclear submarines and orbital <laughs> space lasers it's like what the fuck is going on I'm getting annihilated that's here. a game I want to play <laughs> they might as well have those weapons as well it's it's like that they, you just get absolutely battered to death and so you just get full further and further behind the people in front so I think 
that aspect of it, I mean, they obviously balance it that way on purpose so people at the front don't get these massively, you know, they don't get like the the, the bullet, um, the bullet, um, what's he called? I don't know the name of him. Bullet but you Bill. Turn into, bullet Bill, that's the one. So you don't turn into him and then, you know, get even further ahead than you are already. You know, that's reserved for people in certain places. You know, they've, they've done that on purpose and they've done that with every Mario Kart game. But the same disadvantage, you know, comes with that. You end up stuck back there because all the computer players are just annihilating you over and over again when you're trying to get through. But that's really the only negative I can say about it. To be honest, it's God damn it, it's it's just great. It's I guess you said the music the music wasn't very memorable. I'll take it. (laughs) Take that, take that, and just hold on to that. It'll have to do. (laughs) And tonight, that will have to do. I'm afraid. I think this is run about. Two and a half hours, but I think that's, that's what <laughs> happens when you get three people that actually like to talk <laughs> rather than drag their gland against their keyboard. Uh, so anyway, Gareth, that's been a lovely day. Uh, did you enjoy yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty stressful trying to organise everything. I Gary know, wasn't I talking know. to us, and we sort of had to cobble it <laughs> together a little bit. But... I don't know where Guy is right now, but I hope he's treating his girlfriend like a princess. <laughs> Driving too fast in a French underpass and colliding with a pillar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Don, for stepping in such short notice. You really you came in today and you have <clears throat> performed admirably and you've really given some good... Good... Uh, good... Okay. Just contributions to today's <laughs> podcast it's a sixth month anniversary but we'll, we'll be celebrating it next week with our beloved guy Whitlock we do love him you know he's like someone that you love to hate but uh, hopefully he'll be in that next week he won't listen to this anyway so you can just say whatever you want <laughs> insult him Don quickly uh, you've got a shit haircut guy yeah <laughs> Gareth <laughs> uh, um you remind me of Hitler in more than one way. <laughs> there you go, in more than one way. So there's a few uh, aspects of your personality that recall that mass genocidal maniac. Hitler-esque, but, I would Hitler-esque. describe him as. Yeah. Uh, and the testicular regions as well. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much, and we will join, hopefully join us next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, and uh, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash gamebanner to see when I'm live on Twitch, when I post something on YouTube, and when I update the website. Bye!